Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Broadway's My Beats with Anthony Ross as Detective Danny Clover. Broadway's my beat. From Times Square to Columbus Circle. The gaudiest, the most violent, the lonesomest mile in the world. It's not a street, it's a merry-go-round. Where you can't tell whether that man in front of you is thinking about a milkshake or murder. Well, that's the street I'm walking. It's around four on a Saturday afternoon when I get to Times Square. I'm standing by the police information center there, thinking how cute the pretty kids, all dialed up and out with their boyfriends. I'm talking to the cop on duty when... Excuse me, officer. Just a second, ma'am. A man. nervous young doll, looks like from the three-eye league, since she's from out of town, comes up to the duty sergeant. What can I do for you? Well, I know this is going to sound silly, but my husband... Yes? Well, he... I, I don't know what's happened to him. You mean he's lost well, I hope so. Huh? <laughs> that is, I'd, I'd rather he was lost than run over or... Take it, Danny. Detective Clover, ma'am. Broadway squad. Maybe I can help you. Well, I, I hate to bother you, and I know it's probably all a mistake, but... Yeah? Well, Andy, that's my husband. Uh-huh. He left the hotel just before dinner time, about noon it was, and he said he'd be right back. But now it's after four, and hotel. he's not... Yes, the the Aster right oh. across the street over there. And and he's never done anything like this before. And it's our first trip to New York, so I'm scared, maybe. Oh, I know he's probably all right. Well, what's his name? Andrew Jenkins. He had his billfold with him with his name in it, so if Well, he... that's a help, man. And all our money in it, too. Hey, Sergeant. Yeah? Hey, call the precinct. Tell him to check the hospital. man named Andrew Jenkins. Jenkins. Andrew Jenkins, age... Uh... 27. You got that? Right, Danny. Hello? Connor had a information center. Line Come on inside and sit down, Mr. Jenkins. Oh, thank you. I'm really embarrassed to come here with this story, but oh, I... Oh, that's perfectly okay. It happens all the time. 
And they always show up after, don't they? Sure. Say, where was your husband going when he left you around noon? Well, I don't know exactly. That's the trouble. Well, didn't he say anything that would give well, you an idea? Well, he just said he was going out on a mysterious errand. Huh? But that was just to tease me. You oh. see, today is our wedding anniversary. And, but I'm, I'm sure he was just going out to get me a surprise present. Yeah, sure, sure. Any word, Jen? Back checking. How long have you been in town, Mr. Jenkins? We got here yesterday, yesterday afternoon. Yeah, any friends, relatives in town? No. I mean, no place you can think of where he might have gone. No. Okay, okay, thanks. Yeah, you do that. Uh, nobody by that name has been received at 3 o'clock, Danny. Mm. Oh, can't you help me? Look, lady, the best thing for you to do is to go back no, to your No, no, please, don't, don't tell me to go back to my hotel room. I've been sitting there all alone for more than four hours. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Sergeant, call the Astor. Any messages for Mrs. Jenkins, you pick them up. I'm going to take a walkie. Walkie? Yeah, sure. Come on. Yeah, a little outdoors is very helpful. Oh, it's maybe not so good as the outdoors in uh, Omaha or uh, Idaho or one of them states like where you come We're from. We're from but... Indiana. Well, that's just as I figured. And you get to town yesterday. Yes. Now, what's the first thing you do? The first thing? We checked in at the hotel. Uh-huh. No phone calls to anybody? No. Well, uh, well, then what did you do? Well, we went out to have a look at Broadway, just a couple of hits. Uh-huh. No waiting for seats, seating on all floors immediately. No waiting for seats anywhere in the house. Well, which way did you walk? Well, from the hotel, just where we're walking now. Good, good. Now, now, you make like I'm your husband, and you try to remember everything you said to each other. You know, what you looked at, the stores, the people, the movie houses, everything like that. Yes, but... Yeah, now, he went out to buy you a present, didn't he? He's never been in town before. The only stores he sees are these stores along here. Well, which one did he go to? That's what we want to know. So think. Well, we didn't want to go to a movie, not not the first night in town. Yeah, yeah, so? And... And then, well, I, I remember this nut store, and he said, he said he didn't like the smell of nuts roasting. Yeah, well, that's two of us. And there, we stopped in and looked at this window at the little turtle. Turtles? Yes. Huh. Ten cents a turtle. Write your name on it and send it home. Hey, would he have come back here to buy you a turtle? No, no. I'll think, Mrs. Jenkins. Yes. Wasn't there something you told your husband you wanted? Something that gave him the idea he should sneak out and buy it? I can't think, Lieutenant. I, I can't think of anything except where is Andy. Yeah, but you've got I, to I, I know. I'm, I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. It's no good, Lieutenant. Everything I see reminds me of him. Yesterday, I remember how we stopped and looked at this window. All the jewelry they were auctioning off. Lieutenant, what, what's happened to him? Why can't you do something? Did you look at anything particular in this window? Well, what difference does it make? It... Wait, yes, there was something. What? An old-fashioned gold watch. Is it still there? Mm-hmm. Now, what, I mean, do you see it anywhere in the window? No, no, it's gone. Come on. Let's go in. Mm-hmm. All right, 650 bucks. Oh, make it 675. Another two bits for the seven. Kevin Pence said, Do I hear 675? Going twice at 650. This is 18 carat gold watch, ladies and gentlemen. Guaranteed a lifetime of distinguished use. Do I hear? Sold for 650. Hi, Eddie. Hi, Hi Lieutenant. Hey, could I speak to you a minute? Be right down. Now, don't worry, miss. We'll find out if he's been in here. I hope so. Any connection? Well, it could be. Hey, tell your boy to take over a minute, will you? I want to talk to you. Anything for you, sweetheart? Arnie! Take it. Okay, Danny, follow me. 
Uh, what do you want I should be on the lookout for this time, sweetheart? A hot ferry boat? Uh, uh, it's nothing like that, Eddie. Hey, meet Mr. Jenkins. Oh, a pleasure. We're trying to get a line on a young guy who would have come in here about noon today, Eddie. Uh, describe him, will you, Mr. Jenkins? Well, he, he's about your height, only, only heavier, bigger. He'd and... make him about 27, Eddie, from Indiana. Oh. Indiana. Yeah. Yes. He has brown hair, straight, and hazel eyes. Hazel? You had an old-fashioned gold watch in your window yesterday, Eddie. It's not there now. Well, maybe he came... Uh, I make it. Huh? Not did it. Sure. I make him now. A light gray suit and a green hat. Yes, that's it. It's a screwy thing, Danny. What? This guy, uh, your husband, lady? Yes. Do you know where he is? He come in around noon, and he asks about that watch. And just two minutes before... A couple of guys are in asking about the same watch. Two minutes. Less. Yeah, yeah. So what? Sure. I got him tapped. Indiana. Nice looking young guy. Oh, the watch. Yeah. So both these parties want I should knock the watch down. A real coincidence. So? So? So I knock it down. They're bidding against each other. They both want it real bad. Your husband? A stubborn character, lady. Yes, well, if he wants something... They bid this watch up, up. Yeah, yeah. I get 62 bucks for it. It's white. I got news for you. It's white, maybe 25, the outside. Huh? How come? Beats me, sweetheart. The bidding's up higher than the cat's back. Yeah, but who got it? The young guy. Your husband, lady. He got it. Takes it away from me with a grin. If it had been any bigger, his face would have split. He goes out. The other two guys, the guys who's bidding against him, mm-hmm. they go out too, looking pretty sore at each other. They didn't have any more ready cash with them. Then where did he go? Which way did he go? Which way? Yeah. Who looks? I seen the three of them standing out on the sidewalk for a few seconds. All the time, I'm trying to figure what's with this watch. They should get so grabby for it. Then all the three of them head up Broadway together. Together? The young guy, your husband, lady, in the middle. But I don't understand. Why should he... Is all this around noon, Eddie? Uh, give or take 20 minutes. But I know he doesn't know anybody in New York. The watch, Eddie. Where'd it come from? Uh, Routine, sweetheart. In a consignment from one of the upstate pawnbrokers. You want... I should look it up, maybe? You tell me. Was there nothing special? You mean, was it hot? Uh Uh-huh. I give you my word, But why should Andy go with these men? Those men, maybe they killed him or kidnapped him. Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Hold on. Now count to ten, But you don't do anything. Where is he? Oh, look, I'll tell you how it was. He came in here to buy you this watch for your anniversary, right? Yes, he's feeling good because he got it, right? Oh, like Eddie said, he's grinning. He goes out on the street. Probably he says to these other two, come on. Come on, he says to them, I'll stand your drink. I'd celebrate. Uh, it's his anniversary, too, remember? A very reasonable story. Yes, Yeah, but 6-2 and even, he's standing in a saloon right now, having a friendly dram with his two new friends. But then why didn't he at least call me? Well, that's a question to ask him when he shows up. But don't let it louse up your holiday to New York. Sure, and don't stay sore at him, lady. Remember, he bought it for you. Come on, come on. I'll walk you back to your hotel. I just hope that you're right. But I'm scared. I'm all alone. I'm frightened. 
Any phone messages from Mrs. Jenkins? Room 1526, please. No, nothing. Oh, now, just don't get rattled, Mrs. Jenkins. Look, just get used to the idea he's got this one wild oat he wants to stick in the ground, okay? Well, you let me know if you hear anything, won't you, Lieutenant, if there's any report? Yeah, I'll call you before six, and that's a promise. Well, thank you, Lieutenant. Are you leaving now? Uh, just over to get a cigar, Mrs. Jenkins, but, uh, yeah, then i got to get back to the station house. Don't worry, I'll call you. All right. Goodbye. And just for now. <laughs> Lieutenant Clover, who's the lady I see you with? Hiya, lover. A couple of perfectos, if you can stop buffing your nails long enough. What'd you do to her? She don't look happy. Well, you can take warning, Sally. She had a husband, but she let him get away. Mm. Hey, let me use your phone to check in, will you? It's all yours. This is Clover, baby. Get me the precinct. What do you know for sure, Sally? The most exciting thing that's happened around here all day is I got a run in my stocking. Like a cemetery. Yeah. I take my ossified oath. Nobody's even come around to try to get two on the aisle for Kiss Me Cake. Hiya, Sergeant. Lieutenant Clover. Oh, business must be tough. Did you see the fight at the garden last night, Danny? Hold it a second, lover. Homicide? Where'd you say, Sergeant? Mm, get the bloodhound. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I'll get right over did I hear you say homicide, Danny? Uh, some guy got the business in the hotel basement on 45th Street. Anybody we know? Well, if we don't, it's too late for an introduction. Hello, Danny. You got here quick enough. Hi, Doc. Hi, Tom. Uh, good to see you, Danny. Hey, you guys got all the pictures you need. I want to lug this body out of here. Don't bust your buttons, Junior. Hey, is this the fellow? Yeah, stab, Danny. Hmm. Very sharp knife, a stiletto probably. At least eight inches long. Very neat professional job. Hmm. It's not much blood. Oh, very little. Eh? You just left him here, leaning back against the wall. Who found him, Tom? Porter? Yeah, that's right. How long ago was he stabbed, Doc? An hour at the outside, Danny. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, he's still a little warm. Hey, Doc. What is it? I know this guy. Yeah? Yeah, you remember about 10, 11 years ago, the bank messenger who was robbed right here in the district? Right here on 46th Street it was, remember? Yeah. Yeah, sure. And we got the two guys who did it but never found the money. This is one of them. Uh, uh, wait wait a minute. Schultz or Schwartz or something. Uh, Chance was, was his name. Kraut Chance. That's it, Chance. That's it. How about that? He gets it right back here on 45th. Hey, what was with his sidekick, the other guy? Uh, uh, Druckmann, wasn't it? You remember. It took you fellows a week to pick them both up. They were sent up the river and Druckmann died in the pen a couple of years That's ago. That's right. And this baby must have just gotten out. Paroled. Am I right? You're right. All adds up, Danny. What do you got on him so far, Tom? Well, a clerk said that he and two other men checked in here earlier today, uh, room 503. I've been waiting for you. Well, what are we waiting for? Let's go. <laughs> Yeah, this is the one. What have we got here? Hey, cut those ropes off, will you, Tom? Get him some water, Tom. Oh, wait till I get my hands on those. You talk fast, mister. Who gave it a chance, you or your pal? Chance? Gave what? I don't know what you're talking about. Let me get to a phone. Yeah, drink this water. You'll get to a phone when I'm good and ready to let you. What's your name? Just a minute. No, just a minute, Jack. You listen to me. Listen to me if you're a cop. I was practically kidnapped, drugged, tied up, and gagged, and I had a gold watch stolen from me. So don't you get tough with me. I'm going to make a phone call to my wife or else. Yay! 
Is your name by any chance Jerkins from Iowa? Jenkins from Indiana. Well, how do you do? You go right ahead and make the phone call, Mr. Jenkins. Coffee make you feel any better, Jenkins? <sighs> well, this is more like it. Yeah, it's good. Now, look, I'd like to let you get upstairs and see your wife as quick as possible. I know you want to go, but first... What happened? Yeah. You want to know, huh? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm not too sure myself. I know I bid against those two men for the watch that Grace had said she liked. Yeah. And after, on the street, they suggested they buy me a drink. Yeah, well, then what happened? Well, we went to a bar up the street, and they started to get tough. Oh, shucks, I'd have given them the watch for what I paid for it if I knew they wanted it that bad, but... They got tough with me, and I don't like that. Mm, that I learned. So when I said no, I, I guess then's when they doped one of my drinks. Next thing I know, I'm in that hotel room all tied up like you saw me. Now think. Did you hear them talk at all? Talk? Yeah. Yes, yes, they talked. The, the younger one, he was laughing at something the older man said. Uh-huh. Something about how it had been right under their noses all along. The younger one? Yes, and... I remember his name, too. The older man called him, uh, Druckman. Druckman? What? Oh, never mind, never mind. Go on, go on. What else did they say? Well, then there was something about some gold or something. I, I think they were figuring on getting some money or some gold or something that had been hidden. It, it had something to do with the watch. Words, words. Remember their words. This gold they were looking for, somebody had scratched where the hiding place was... On the inside cover of the watch. Uh, well, now, once they knew where that was, why didn't they take off right away? Well, they said they couldn't right away. They, they said they had to wait for some reason. Yeah. Yeah, but what they said, the words, what was the reason? I, I just remember the young guy laughing and saying something about gold and golden. It was ironical, he said, about the gold and the golden. What was ironical? I don't know, Lieutenant. I was still pretty dopey, I guess. Hey, what was this gold? Do you know? Yeah. Yeah, it was the haul on a robbery. $40,000 worth of gold certificates. It was hidden somewhere. Somewhere near here, I'm sure. If only... Anyway, they left me my money. Here. Yeah, I got the checks. Give it. Oh, well, okay, thanks. The thing that gets me sore, though, is today's my wedding anniversary, and Grace wanted that watch. Yeah, I got to get along. Hey, you better get upstairs to your wife. Here. Here, let's cut through the lobby. I'll, I'll walk at the elevators. Yeah, I guess I better. I phoned her I was all right, but I didn't mention all this. She worries. If only... Yeah? Well, it's just that I want that watch back. <laughs> if all I had to worry about was a watch. Grace said she liked it. Yeah, yeah. Hey, your elevators are over there. Uh, I, I know. I want to get some cigarettes first. Oh. So, Lieutenant, yes. Uh, two packs, please. I hear it was the guy who pulled that robbery back in 38. That's right, Sally. Thanks. You're welcome. Who killed him, Danny? Well, there were these two guys, lover, and looks like one of them didn't want to go splits on the loot. Greedy man. Yeah. Who was he? From what Jenkins here says, it sounds like it must have been Druckman's son. Druckman? Who's he? Oh, Shantz's original partner on the stick-up. Oh, by the way, meet Andrew Jenkins. This is Sally. Uh, how do you do? How do you do? Excuse huh? me. A hotel asked your smoke shop good evening. 
For tonight? Two tickets? Well, I'll see. For which... A cigarette, you... Lieutenant? No, I never use them. Thanks. Oh, yes, indeed. Yes, yes, sir. Well, if you'll just stop by on your way out, I'm sure I'll be able to arrange it for you. <laughs> you sure gave him the brush. Mm, big spenders. He wanted free tickets to the New Yorker Theater tonight. Free? Mm-hmm. The New Yorker? Hey, there's no New Yorker theater anymore, is there? Oh, I know. It's one of those radio theaters now. I can't oh. start trying to remember the new names they give those theaters. To me, the New Yorker is still the New Yorker. The Hammerstein is still the Hammerstein, and the Golden will always be the Golden, and the... Sally. What? The Golden. That's on 45th Street. So was that stick-up. So what? You remember, kid? Yeah. The Golden. Gold in the Golden. No wonder they couldn't go right away. No wonder they had to wait... Today's a matinee day. The theater was full. Oh, what time is it? Not quite 5.30. Hey, what's with you two guys anyway? The matinee crowd will just about be out. Now, you wait in your room, Jenkins, and I'll say... Hey, 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 where do you think you're going? With you, Lieutenant. I'm going to get my watch. But I told Let's you... Let's to... go. We haven't got all day. Now, listen, kid. I'm letting you stick around, but don't go get many ideas. You're going to be a hero. <laughs> don't worry, Lieutenant. Hey, you! Where do you think you're going, mister? Is that you, Rosie? Danny Clover. Oh, it's you, Lieutenant. Yeah. For a minute there, I thought maybe you were... Hey, you've been on the stage door all afternoon, Rosie. All afternoon, Lieutenant. You think I'm crazy? Stay on the job all the time? No, sir. When the curtain goes up, I'm downstairs taking the little off of those stagehands at gin. How about when the curtain comes down again? Oh, then. Then I'm right back here on the job, Lieutenant. Six bucks richer. <laughs> you see anybody you didn't recognize around here? I mean, anybody had no business being here. Hmm? Yeah, well, where'd he go? Well, he stood around for a while and... Till finally his girl come out, and then they went... Oh, Rosie, cut the routine. I'm serious. You see anybody around here who didn't belong? Yes, I did, Lieutenant. Yeah. Matter of fact, first I saw you, I thought it was this guy come back again. There was a young fella by here maybe 15 minutes ago, just when the house was letting out. Tried to slip by me on the stairs down to the cellar. The cellar? Sure. There's a basement here in the Golden... Runs right under the whole orchestra. Listen, I must this be... guy have slipped by in the last 15 minutes. No. Uh, wait a minute. I had to answer the phone in the office a couple of minutes ago. He could have sneaked down. Why, well, then he'd still be down there. How many ways to get in the cellar, Rosie? One door back here under the stage. Another door up front in the downstairs lounge, but it's locked. But why should anyone want to get down there? There's nothing but steam pipes, furnace, and all things like that. Show me where the door is under the stage, Rosie. And quick. Is this it? Yeah. But here, let me open the door. Never open a door with a big light on back of you. You might as well send the guy in there a special delivery telegram. But who... Never mind, never mind. Turn the light off. Jenkins, get back there by the stairs. You too, Rosie. But listen, Lieutenant, you I... save it. The light. Turn it out, Rosie. Thanks. But we can't see Yes, that. you're catching on now. And neither can he.
Getting nervous in the dark, Buster? That's four. How many you got left? That makes six. No, you don't. All right, copper. Lieutenant, what happened? Are you okay? I should have remembered he had a knife. He'd used one already today. Hey, where's the light, Rosie? Uh, come on, get up, you punk. You're not hurt bad. Did he hurt you, Lieutenant? Ah, not a chance, Rosie. What'd he do? Oh, stole that gold watch off of somebody, huh? Yeah, that's right. Stole this gold watch off of this one here. Hey, look. Look, have a look, Jenkins. Huh? I'll see. Scratched on the inside cover. Back of steam pipes... North side of Golden. Yeah. Ah. Hey, what are you doing? Just getting a peek at your wallet, Junior. Oh, I'll take charge of this 40 grand, too. Yeah. Yeah, it's like we thought. My name is Druckman. So what? It was your old man that died in stir. It's no secret. I get it now. Before we picked him up for that stick-up, your old man hid the dough... And scratched where he hid it inside the watch, but he wouldn't tell Schrantz, right? They wouldn't trust them. You're telling it. He wanted to wait till they were both out of stir. Then your old man dies, and the prison sends the watch they've been holding to your family. And you're such a bright boy. You pawn the watch. You never knew what it said there. It took Schrantz to tell you. He wasn't very grateful to Schrantz. A knife in the back. Yeah, but the state will take care of that. Here. Let's get this guy to the station house. And then get you back to your wife. I got a surprise for you, Mrs. Jenkins. Andy, darling, where have you been? Happy anniversary, Grace. <laughs> Here's the watch you said you liked. Andy, but where have you been? I knew you were all right. I, um... I... <clears throat> Had a little more trouble getting the watch than I thought I would. Lieutenant, where did you find him? Oh, I walked into a room, and he happened to be there. And the man said you paid $62 for the watch, Andy. He said it wasn't worth any more than $25. No, I he... know, honey, but you're, you're going to find out that that watch is worth a lot more than 62 bucks, Mrs. Jenkins. Hmm? I mean, when the insurance company cuts your husband in on the reward. Reward? What reward? For what? Andy, where have you been? You know, it beats me, Jenkins. What does? Here's the whole police force, and especially the Broadway squad, has been trying to run those 40 G's down for the last 11 years. Yes. 40 G's? And you should excuse the expression. An apple knocker hits town from Iowa for the first time in his life, and in 24 hours he's done the job. Listen, Lieutenant, we're from... Oh, never mind. <laughs> Indiana, Iowa. Anyway, they're both in the three I leave. Oh, the sidewalks are really crowded now. It's six o'clock. For me, the day is just beginning. The bright lights reflect green and white and red on the faces of the people. The people laughing, talking, hurrying by. 
on their way to... to what? I don't know. But chances are I'll have to make it my business when it happens. On the gaudiest, the most violent, the lonesomest mile in the world. Broadway. My beat. Columbia has brought you Anthony Ross as Detective Danny Clover in Broadway's My Beat. With him were Charlotte Holland as Grace, Gene Carson as Sally, Frank Butler as Andy, and John Forsyth as Tom. Others in the cast were Maurice Gottsfield and Tom Hoyer. Broadway's My Beat is written by Peter Lyon. It is produced and directed by John Dietz, and the musical score was composed and conducted by Robert Stringer. This is Byrne Bennett speaking. Quoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So, whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So, download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Now stay tuned for The Family Hour of Stars, starring Gregory Peck, which follows immediately over most of these same stations. This is CBS, Jack Benny's radio address, the Columbia Broadcasting System. Broadway's My Beat, with Anthony Ross as Detective Danny Clover. Broadway's my beat. From Times Square to Columbus Circle. The gaudiest, the most violent, the lonesomest mile in the world. Where your safest bet is on the time of day. And even that they'll fix if they can figure an angle. It's not a street, it's a merry-go-round. Where you can't tell whether that pretty girl sitting over there in the convertible parked by the curb should be called dimpled or double-crossed. Well, that's the street I'm walking, and I, I got a little time to kill before I check in at the precinct station house, so I decide to look in at Stillman's Gymnasium, where box fighters work out, and watch the kids spar a few rounds. How's it, Lieutenant? Usual bunch of two-bit gamblers and matchmakers standing around on the sidewalk outside. And upstairs, a mob of guys watching the two practices. I see a fight manager I know called Jack Siegel. 
He sees me, too. Hey, Lieutenant, you're up early today. <laughs> Jack, boy, you're looking good. Hog fat, Danny. The habit of eating. Well, I hear a lot of people speak very highly of that habit in my time. Who are you eating off these days? Is that a way to talk, Danny? You mean what future champion's destinies am I guiding at the moment? Have it your way, Jack. You got a good prospect? You mean you don't know? No. The leading welterweight contender? The best counterpuncher since Joe Gans? The pride of Hell's Kitchen? You don't know? <laughs> when the day comes that you don't have the latest sensation. Only but... this time for real, Danny. Look, look, ring one. The boy in the green jersey and sweatpants. He's a welterweight. Ah, uh, he'll make the weight. Hey. Hey, you know, I think I know that boy. <laughs> Terrible Perry Rogan. I teach him everything. Sure. Sure, he's got a fight coming up at the garden this week, hasn't he? And the winner to get a crack at the title. Terry Rogan, is it? <laughs> you know, I remember him when his name was Roganski or some such, and he's fighting in the police athletic Yeah, league. that's the boy. Yeah, he's good. I like these quick weathers. Well, that's all. He's gone three rounds. He's true. You, you want to say hello, Lieutenant? Yeah, I'd like that, Yeah, uh, So come with me. How are you feeling, kid? Okay. Some sparring partners you get for me. Oh, what's the matter with him? Keeps giving me the heel of his glove and the laces. All the time in the clinches, I get string in my mush. So? What do you think Perini will be giving you Friday night? Hiya, uh, Terry. Oh, uh, this is Lieutenant Danny Clover. Terry, shake hands. Hey, I remember you. Lieutenant Clover, sure. Sure, the PAL fight three, four years uh, ago. Sure, sure. I, I remember you telling me how you were the fighter yourself years ago. Yeah, but You, Danny? This I never knew. Well, you can look it up. Right after the first war, I win five fights in a row. And then... Yeah? Then I lose five fights in a row. Look <laughs> it up. Hey, you better get your robe on, kid. Oh, yeah, yeah. You want to come back in the locker rooms, Lieutenant? Chew the fat? Yeah. So you're going at the garden Friday night, hmm? Yeah, that, that's right. Say, Lieutenant, remember that night in the PAL finals? I was just a kid then, Jack, fighting feathers. Lieutenant here was in my corner. Hey, what about Friday? Are you going to take this Perini? Oh, who knows? They were quoting odds yesterday, Danny. Terry's two to one to take him. Yeah. You should have seen that PAL final, Jack. It was before I knew how to use my right. I win that final with just my left hand, right, Lieutenant? Oh, now, I'm more interested in talking about Friday night, kid. Jack tells me you win, you get a crack at the title. Yeah, that, that's right. That's great, kid. I know you'll win. I'll be betting on you. You better grab yourself a shower. Oh, yeah, yeah. I... Lieutenant. Yeah? You never can tell about fights, you know, Lieutenant. What's the matter? Well, it's just that I, I wouldn't want you to lose any money, but... Hey, 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 shut up, shut up. What kind of talk is that? Uh, you, you beat it to the shower. Tell Irv to give you a rub down before your legs tighten up. Well, I was on Cut it out, cut it out. Do like I say. Well, it makes you feel any better, kid. I, I never bet big on the fights. Okay, Lieutenant. Come on, Danny. Yeah. Your boy is not exactly looking forward to Friday, is he, Jack? <laughs> For a two-to-one favorite. Ah, uh, let's get out of here. I'll walk you down 8th Avenue. Ah, sunlight. That gym gives me the Williams. I can't figure it. Your boy trying to tout me off a of betting on him. Grief, Danny. Do me a favor, forget it. Huh? He's like this all the time before a fight. Why, you should believe it. Two months ago, we was fighting at the arena. It... What's the matter? Hey, get that. Over there in that convertible across the street. Oh, yeah. 
Ah, did you know that? Mm. Boy, on a spring day like this, I could wish I were 20 years younger. <laughs> but wouldn't that break your heart? Yeah, she probably would, too. What's the matter, Jack? What's wrong with her? Come on, I got ulcers. Hey, she's so beautiful, she's on Come on, come on. But you know her? Who is she? Trouble. Trouble for my boy. Louise is her first name, Lindsay is her last name, but her middle name is Trouble. Oh? Five weeks ago, she turns up and he's been running around with her ever uh, since. It's quite a car she's got. she in the money? Ah, not that. The car is the kid's. He buys the day after he drops Kid Leviton in the third. Oh, forget it, Jack. A young fighter and a beautiful like that go together like five and two. The natural. Don't help my ulcers. Ah, take it easy, Lieutenant. Where are you going? Back to the gym. I get thinking. When I get thinking, I get worrying. When I get worrying, I got to get back and have a look at my boy. I'll see you around. Hiya, Danny. What do you know for sure? Not much, Al. Where you been, Stillman's? Yeah. Yeah, watching young Terry Rogan. He goes to the garden Friday night. Oh, yeah, yeah. Rogan. What about him? Keep your money in your pocket, Danny. What? Big Sig Sherman's in town, you know. Huh? I'll see you around, Danny. Hello. Hello, I want to speak to Tony Florida. This is Florida. It's Danny Clover, Tony. Are you awake? Uh, what time is it? It's a little afternoon. Oh, Danny, mm. Danny, you know I don't close my club till four in the morning. Listen, Tony, Tony, wake up, will you? You ever hear of a guy called Big Sig Sherman? Hello? Hello? I'm still here, Danny. Oh. I take it you heard of him, huh? I heard of him. Very rapid citizen. Am I out of line asking you about him, Tony? You're never out of line, Danny. Well, what can you tell me about this Sherman? Big Sig is a businessman, Danny. A very big businessman. Yeah? He's a careful businessman. He likes to make sure of his profits. You know? Yeah. Yeah, where's he from? His home? Mm-hmm. I don't know. But he's got an address in Hot Springs, Arkansas. What's he doing in town, Tony? Do you know? A big Sig is in the syndicate, Danny. I, uh, think you'd better ask your other questions from somebody else. Uh, but listen, Tony. Uh, a syndicate, hmm? So the syndicate is on this. That's all I need. We pause to say there'll be laughter on the old Erie Canal and in a modern high school classroom tonight as Helen Hayes stars in the famous comedy The Farmer Takes a Wife on CBS's Electric Theater and as Eve Arden stars as America's favorite teacher, Our Miss Brooks. In The Farmer Takes a Wife, Miss Hayes will be heard as a canal boat cook who has to choose between farm life and the rip-roaring colorful life she is known on the canal. As our Miss Brooks, Eve Arden will be the object of a raiding party by a rival high school faculty. The bait for her services being a handsome male teacher. On a night known for its comedy on CBS, you'll delight in the expert comedy of these two great feminine stars as the Electric Theater and our Miss Brooks come your way tonight over most of these same CBS network stations. (laughs) 
And now back to Broadway and Detective Danny Clover, who likes to pick up his cigars and gossip at the same place, the Cleveland Hotel Cigar Stand. Well, hello, sweetheart. Lieutenant Clover, just who I've been waiting for. What are you doing Friday night? Are you on duty? Friday night? A visiting fireman was by here this morning and bought a dozen tickets for the fight Friday night, and then turned around and bought two more, the last two for me. Ringside. Mm, what do you know? I did not either. <laughs> All I did was smile at him and to say I wished I could get to see a fight sometime. You want to come with I'll me? I'll let you know later, Sally. Now give me a handful of cigars. Give me a handful of money. And what I hear, it's going to be a fight worth seeing. This Terry Rogan, you know, fighting Patsy Perini. The odds are two to one, this character was telling yes, me. Yes, so I hear. Well, and from what he was saying, he couldn't understand why Perini was such a favorite. Perini's not the favorite. Well, this character said he was. He said the odds had changed overnight. You think maybe the fix is in, Danny? Did you ever hear of Big Sig Sherman, Sally? I heard of him. Big Sig, they call him. They should call him Sure Shot Sherman, the way he hates to take chances. Is he in town? Give me my change, sweetheart. Say, what's your hurry? I offer him a free-for-nothing pass ringside. I'll have to let you know about it later, Sally. I'm late to check in at the precinct. What is all this? Assign you to the garden fight? Now look, Clover. I'm sure it's not going to be a square rattle, Captain. Unless I can just get the time. I to... need every man on the squad to work in this narcotics hall, Clover. Look, sir. Yesterday, Terry Hogan was a two-to-one favorite. Overnight, the odds switch. Now the other boy is favorite. Same odds. They'll get even longer. That's not evidence. Not evidence. Captain Forster, you hear what I said? The boy was a two-to-one favorite yesterday. He's now a two-to-one short-ender. Odds don't change like that unless something's up. Well, you can see what happened. Whoever put this fight in the tank got big money down here, Detroit, Los Angeles, New Orleans, all over the country. And then somebody talked. The word has gotten around. Why, by fight time Friday night, the odds will be 10 to 1 in favor of Perini, who doesn't figure even to go the limit with Rogan, unless it's a tank job. If you really think there's something wrong, pull in some gamblers and ask them questions. You know enough gamblers. Yeah, what about your friend, uh, Tony Florida? I've asked enough questions already, sir, to make me feel this fight is in the tank. Now, I can keep it square if you'll just assign me to it till Friday night. Well, it's a waste of time. Oh, it's just two days, sir. Tom Donnelly and Donnelly's I... Donnelly's busy on the narcotics hall, and that's that. And you should be, too, and you will if you don't get out of my office in a hurry. Thank you, Captain. <laughs> Hiya, Terry. Can I come in? Yeah, sure. Sure, Tony. What's up? I'm not supposed to be in bed by now, you know. Yeah, I know. Jack Siegel said he didn't mind if I stopped by for just a minute or two. Oh, yeah? Yeah. You wouldn't know why I came by, would you, Terry? Why, no. No, I got no idea, Lieutenant. Maybe to tell me to remember my right tomorrow night. Yeah. In a way, that's it. That was, uh... Certainly some fight that night, Lieutenant. I'm glad you were in my corner. I learned a lot since then. Yeah? Sure, that, that Jack Siegel, he's one smart manager. He's not too smart for his own good, is he, Terry? What do you mean? Something funny is going on with the odds in this fight, Terry. First, it's two to one on you, and well, if you wreck it, I figure it's an overlay at that. Then all of a sudden, since overnight, the odds get twisted around the way you are the long shot. 
How about that? Oh, well, that's, that's just gambler talk, isn't it? Who knows why these things happen? Yeah. Who knows? Hey, Lieutenant, you don't think I'd do anything well, crooked, do you? You tell me, Terry. Honest, Lieutenant, you got me all wrong. Who's this Louise Lindsay, Terry? How long have you known her? Now, look, Lieutenant, just forget her. See, keep her out of this. What's there to keep her out of, Terry? Why, what we're talking about. I'm engaged, Louise, Lieutenant. That's absolutely straight. Where's she from? None of your business. She's my fiance, that's all. Oh, just your fiance. That's huh? right. We're getting hitched right after this fight, if you want to know. Sure, sure. Congratulations, kid. Get a good night's sleep. I'm sorry if I sounded off a little. Yeah, that that's okay. Night. Don't forget to keep your right hand up tomorrow night. Yeah. Yeah. You do that. Danny. I saved the table for you. It'll be quiet over in the corner. Thanks, Tony. Did the girl show up yet? Yeah, she's here. You're doing very well for yourself these uh, days. Something, isn't she? Black, black hair. I prefer yeah, her like that. It's on the level. With a blonde, who knows? Oh, the hair, yes. You could be sure about the hair. <laughs> and thanks, Tony. Louise Lindsay? That's right. I'm sorry to be late. I'm Danny Clover. Sit down, yeah. Lieutenant. Thanks. What's so important you've got to meet me in a nightclub at 11 at night? I understand you're engaged to that fighter, Terry Rogan. Yeah, I called Terry to tell him you wanted to see me, and he got all upset. It's no good for him the night before he fights. Tells me you think there's something phony about the fight. I was getting that idea. And you think maybe I'm responsible, that is. You've heard of the syndicate. Syndicate? No, what's that? You ever hear of a guy called Sherman? Sherman? Mm-hmm. Sherman. Mm-hmm. Well, I've heard of a lot of Shermans, but I don't know any. What's his business? Well, right now I got an idea his business is bothering your boyfriend. Well, look, suppose you stop talking in riddles and tell me what this is all about. You know you've got Terry all upset. Hey, that's a big rock you're wearing on your third finger. <laughs> Mr. Clover, let me set you straight. I don't know what you're thinking. But Terry and I are in love, we're engaged to get married, and the day's been set. This diamond's no problem. Oh, I can see that. And I don't know anything about any fixed fight. The only thing I have to do with prize fighting is trying to see that Terry gets out of it. If he wins, he gets a crack at the title. <laughs> Why should you want him to get out of it? Because I don't want our kids to have a father with a tin ear and a buzzing in his head and a pair of broken hands. He's still young and healthy. Well, he won't stay young, but I want him to stay healthy. You really like him, don't you? You're catching on. I'm beginning to think I had you taped all wrong, Miss Lindsay. But if your boyfriend is mixed up in a fixed fight, you'll, you'll help me then, won't you? I doubt it. How's that? That's his business, not mine. They boiled you about ten minutes, didn't they, Miss Lindsay? You think I'm hard-boiled. I'll tell you something about me, Mr. Clover. I was born in the hard coal fields of Pennsylvania near Pittsburgh. My father was killed in a mine disaster down there. I was 19 years ago, and I was only two. My mother had to bring up me and three others all by herself. If I sound hard-boiled, that's why. Now, all I'm interested in is getting married to Terry. We're going to buy a little business. Oh, yeah? What kind of a business is that? A dry-cleaning business, maybe. Maybe you'll send us your trade. I'll do that. Oh, there you are. I almost couldn't find out where you two were. Jack, how are you? You know Mr. Siegel, Miss Lindsay? We've met. Hey, sit down, Jack. What are you drinking? Milk. 
What'd you do to my boy? You got him all upset. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry about that. He calls me, nothing will do, but I got to come over here and tell you not to bother Lindsay here. Makes me promise Oh, him. I wouldn't say I was bothering Miss Lindsay. I was just... <clears throat> oh, uh, you want me for something, Tony? I'm sorry to bother you, Danny. Oh, not at all. Excuse me, Miss Lindsay. What is it, Tony? The man you were asking me about? Oh, yeah? He just came in with a party. I told yeah. Victor to seat him at this table next to yours. There's a big man coming now. Right, Tony. Thanks. I couldn't be sweeter. Right this way, please. Oh, hey, pardon me. You're, you're Mr. Sherman. That's right. Well, my name's Cobra. I've been hearing a lot about you. You come to town to the fight tomorrow night. You could get a reputation for being a pretty curious guy. Oh, no hard feelings. I, I heard you were in town to see Terry Rogan's fight. I thought maybe you'd like to shake hands with his manager. Here, right here. Jack Siegel. This is Mr. Sherman. Right. Uh, yeah, this here is the Rogan's fiancé, Miss Lindsay, Mr. Sherman. Mm, how do you do? This the man you were asking me about? That's right. Mr. Sherman, I understand you've been bothering Terry about something. I won't say crooked because I don't know about that, but just don't get him upset. Mm, you, Siegel, if you're Rogan's manager, why don't you see to it he don't get mixed up with pancakes like this one? Well, now that pancakes. you mention it, I think no, it's good no, no, no. let's all keep our temper. Then tell Big Sig to move his load along. You've got some polite friends, mister. Ain't it the truth? So please accept my apologies, Mr. Sherman. I'll see you around. Mm, there's always that chance. <laughs> uh, whoever that was, Danny, he got my ulcers going again. What? I don't know why he should do that to you, Jack. How about it, Miss Lindsay? You want me to give you a lift home? Yeah, I've gotten pretty sick of this drum in the last couple of minutes. Oh, by the way, you're going to the fight tomorrow, aren't you? No. I don't like to watch them. Well, and maybe you and I could listen to it over the radio together. Now, wouldn't that be fun? Good night, Jack. Sergeant. Yeah? Put this on the teletype to Washington, will you? Sure, Danny, right away. Hey, Dad. Bureau of Mines. What's your business with them? I found a gold mine last night. Go on, will you? Get on it. Talk to that guy in Hot Springs, Lieutenant. Yeah? So? So here's all the dope he had on Sigmund Sherman. Yeah, good. See, picked up three times for vagrancy, once on the Sullivan Ike, once for... Yeah, it's quite a guy. It's never an indictment, much less a conviction. Yeah, let's see. Operated racetrack, 1940-42. Swap machine business, 1940-45. Married, Havana, 1948. That all you need, Danny? Yeah. Thanks, Sarge. Just make sure we keep a tail on them until I say different. Can you make it to the fights tonight with me, Danny? Oh, I'm sorry, baby. I got a date. A date? Lieutenant, at your age? At my age? Oh, I say it's business, Sally. No kidding. But you could do me a favor. Tell me, why should I? Well, listen. Listen, you know these unlawful citizens who take bets on various sporting events? Yeah. Well, of course, it'd be strictly out of line for me to know any of those characters myself. Are you kidding? But I would appreciate it if you could hunt one of them up. Place a sawbuck with them at the prevailing odds. Okay, a sawbuck goes on Perini. Uh-uh. I like Terry Rogan. Well, I don't know him personally, Danny, but didn't you hear? This is a sure thing for Perini. It's all over town. Nevertheless, Sally, do me the favor of placing my sawbuck where it'll do the most good. On Terry Rogan. Oh, 
no, 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 please, Danny. The boy goes on in an hour, and he's nervous enough now. Not as nervous as you'll be later if I don't get to talk to him now. Which is his dressing room? Have one over there. You got a search warrant? Jokes. Danny, my insides are all churning around like a tornado, and now you come along. Which is his dressing room? Right here. Thanks, Jack. Look me up after the fight. Please, Hiya, Terry. Hey, sit down, kid. I got news for you. Would you mind, Jack? Look, give me a... Oh, why wasn't I an insurance salesman or a bricklayer? Just a minute. Come in. Oh, it's you. We had a date, remember? Well, now... Don't tell me you haven't got a radio. Uh, I'm just going out, Lieutenant. I'm, I'm meeting some friends until after... Oh, I... no, no, no. You can't do this. You can't stand me up. We made a date, remember? Yeah, but I... Oh, no. Goodness gracious. Look, it's after ten already. The fight would have started. Ah, there's the radio. Hey, don't tell me you weren't going to listen. I, uh, I turned the radio off. I don't like fights. I, I don't like to listen. This is going to be a good fight, Miss Lindsay. You may Coming be surprised. Place. And there's a left to the body from Rodin. And Perini takes another to the head. And another and a hard to the body. Like a whirlwind. And now Perini's trying to tie him up across the ring. And Terry Rogan gets in the left hook as they break. Yeah, this Rogan's really got killer in him tonight. They didn't tell me this was a grudge fight. But uh-oh, there's a right to the head and another. And a left to the midsection of Perini. What's the matter, Miss Lincoln? The rope, and now he's down. Perini's down. Three. Four. You surprised, Miss Lindsay? Six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Terry Rogan wins by a whirlwind knockout in one seventeen of the first round. And what a contender for the worldweight title this boy, Terry Rogan, is. They only all over, and here is Bill. I don't think you figured it that way, did you, Miss Lindsay? I'm very glad for Terry, and glad it's over so You quickly. know something? He probably never told you this, but... I'm the guy that taught him how to use his right in more ways than one. Mr. Clover, I, I've got to go to, to, to meet him. I, I promised to meet him after the fight. I know you did, Miss Lindsay. But you see, by now he knows that you're not going to meet him and never really meant to meet him. What do you mean? You know we're engaged. Oh, I hand it to you, Miss Lindsay. You're a good performer. The trouble is your imagination is a little too rich for your blood. <laughs> you got going on that hard luck story about the hard coal mines. But there's no hard coal near Pittsburgh, Miss Lindsay. The hard coal is up around Scranton. But, uh, and about your old man dying in a mine cave-in. There were no fatalities from mine disasters near Pittsburgh 19 years ago, like you said. Oh, no, I know a lot about you. Well, I lied about my age. I figured that possibility, Miss Lindsay. Because you're such a good performer, I wanted to give you all the best of it. Then when Sherman showed up, you remember Sherman, Miss Lindsay... The guy you said you never heard of. Oh, you had to go call him by his nickname, Big Sig. And you never heard me call him that. You, you're, you're just bluffing. You've got nothing to go now, on. last night, if you'd said that, you couldn't have been smarter. But since then, Miss L, I had a chance to ask some questions around. Oh, police routine. <laughs> well, I say, but let's not get, let all this talk upset our evening. Why, we got a date, remember? Yeah, a date? Yeah. You think we can be nice about this? Yeah. You and I are going to step out together. 
We're going to a place that stays open all night. A place on West 47th Street called the 16th Precinct Station House. Big Sig is waiting for you there. And you wouldn't want to keep your husband waiting, would you, Mrs. Sherman? Well, good work, Danny. You sure you got a case? Uh, nothing on the kid that'll convict him, but the other two. Yeah, the file we got from Hot, Hot Springs ties the two of them up. They were married a year ago in Havana. Yeah, it must have been rough on young Rogan. <laughs> no rougher than it was on me. Had to be the one to tell him. First, he was just sitting there, bawling like a baby, you know? I've seen the girl. I know how he must have felt. Yeah, yeah, but that kid's a fighter. I could tell. The tears still wet on his face, he gets down off at the table, and I look at him. And then I begin to feel sorry for Perini, the boy he's going to fight. Well, I hope the commission won't have to lift his license. Say, uh, how about the manager, Jack Siegel? Oh, he's in the clear. Never knew anything about it. Uh, where are you going, Danny? I don't know. Out. Walk around somewhere. <laughs> you know, it's a funny thing. Yeah? What's that? She told him after they were married, they'd open a dry cleaning business. The only thing she wanted to take to the cleaners was him. It's midnight on my beat now. The street's in full swing. If you want to get to the top quick, Broadway's the place to do it. But there are plenty of guys around. Angle guys. Weisenheimers. Digging holes to help you fall back to the bottom. I can only hope I find them. Those guys figuring angles on the gaudiest, the most violent, the lonesomest mile in the world. Broadway, my beat. Columbia has just brought you Broadway's My Beat with Anthony Ross as Detective Danny Clover. Gene Carson was Sally. Julie Stevens was Louise. Bill Quinn was Terry. Gilbert Mack was Terry's manager. And James Goss, Peter Capel, Paul Luther, and Ted Jewett were also members of today's cast. Today's broadcast was written by Peter Lyon and produced and directed by John Deet. The musical score was composed and conducted by Robert Stringer. This is Byrne Bennett speaking. Broadway's My Beat with Anthony Ross as Detective Danny Clover. Broadway's my beat, from Times Square to Columbus Circle, the gaudiest, the most violent, the lonesomest mile in the world. That's the street I walk, but today trouble is waiting for me in the squad room of the 47th Street Station House. Lieutenant Clover? That's me, Well, they Danny told me Clover. I'll, told me out front I'd find you here. You've got to help me. Sure, sure. Hey. By those tags on your shoulders, I see you two fellas are in New York for a convention. <laughs> What's your trouble? Well, you see, 
I've never been in the big city before, and, well, I've heard about things like this happening, but I never thought it would happen to me. A girl is trying to blackmail me. Blackmail? That's right. Now, now there's nothing to it, but if my wife finds out about hey, it... Hey, wait a minute. Wait a minute, young fella. Now, uh, make me acquainted with you first, and then we'll listen to your troubles. Oh, my name's Peter Daly. I I'm stopping at the Cleveland Hotel. Exactly two hours, my wife arrives in New York. Hold on and... now, hold on. Where are you from? You sound like Kansas. No, Arkansas. Well, that's close enough. Who's this gent with you here? I'm his friend, Lieutenant. The uh, name is Ben Cotton. Uh, Pete asked me to come up here to the station with him. Uh, sort of uh, moral support, poor devil. Ah, he... uh, you from his hometown? Uh, yes, sir, Little Rock. We're partners in a little business out there. We've been in New York a week now, Pete and I, attending a convention. Oh, boys, boys. When will you out-of-towners learn how to relax in New York without getting into trouble? You attend a convention, you gotta go unconventional. Oh, sir, I, I don't even know that girl. She's a stranger to me. Huh? Well, well, then I don't get it. I don't get it. Just what did happen? Well, a lot of the boys, after yesterday's convention session, went down to the hi-hat club and... Well, I'm standing at the bar, Lieutenant, having a drink. Minding my own business. The bar was pretty crowded, and this red-headed girl takes a place next to me and asks for a light. And I give it mm, to her. Lesson one. When a strange girl asks you for a light, zip your wallet. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. What then? Well, a little while later, the nightclub photographer passes by, and this redhead stops her and says to her she'd like her picture taken, right there against the bar. And just as the photographer is about to snap her picture, this redhead takes my arm with a laugh to include me, you see, and, well, I was feeling pretty good, so to enter into the fun hey, of the hello, thing... hello, sucker, she must have been saying under her breath. So, uh, you both listen to the birdie. Yeah, and when I got back to my hotel, I thought nothing more about it. This morning, I got a phone call. From the redhead? That's right. Oh, uh, she'd sell you the picture for a price or show it to your wife, huh? That's right. <laughs> Why, she wanted $500. I don't have money like that. How'd she know you were married? Well, Lieutenant, I never told her I was married. Hardly said a word to her. What? Well, then how did she well, I know? I don't know. Why, she even knew my wife was arriving in New York at two today. Uh, can you beat that, Lieutenant? Go on, go on, Debbie. Well, she told me over the phone that unless I came across with the money, she'd mail that picture to my wife today. So what'd you tell her? Well, I told her I wouldn't give her a cent. Why should I pay her? Look, Lieutenant, believe me, I I'm a happily married man, and I haven't done anything wrong, but what'll my wife think if she gets that picture? Daly, what's the name of that redhead and where does she live? Well, I don't know that. She didn't tell me. Well, then how did she expect you to get to her with the dough? Well, she said if I was agreeable, she'd tell me where I could leave the money, and she'd later leave the picture in the same place. But I told her nothing doing. I'd go to the police first. Then she hung up. Well, you did the right thing by coming to the police. Well, but if she sends that picture to my wife... My wife's an understanding woman, Lieutenant, but after all... It... Oh, if I could get my hands in that girl, I swear I'd kill her. Hey, I... hey, hey, no, Pete. Go on, go on. Pick up your wife at the station, Daly, and relax. I'll drop into the hi-hat club, see if that redheaded is known over there. And, uh, and Daly, <laughs> make sure your wife puts you on a leash. Yeah, Sergeant, what's up? Looking all over for you, Lieutenant. <laughs> Broadway Towers. Detective Dom Tom Donnelly's already up there. Apartment 5E. Some dame there. Found dead, Lieutenant. Looks like murder. How do you like that? Just when I was staring up at the skyscrapers wishing I was a pigeon. <laughs> all right, let's go, Sergeant. Broadway Towers. 
is she, Tom? Name Rita Rondell, Danny. According to the building superintendent. Redhead, huh? Yeah. Fractured skull. Mm. Body was discovered by the super, hmm? Yeah. No witnesses. No one seen entering or leaving. Hey, look over that back room, Sarge. Right, Lieutenant. Say so you found off the phone off the hook, Tom? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it looks like the whole scuffle was over that phone. Yeah. And what's this written on the calendar here, Danny? Bobo, 1 p.m. Yeah, let me see. Bobo. <laughs> Could be some guy. Ask around the stem, Tom. Any characters named Bobo. Okay. You say Doc places a death about 110. Huh? Right. Well, whoever a visitor was, boy, they had quite a tussle. Say, Danny, look here. I found some photographs hidden in the bottom of this drawer. Take a look. Hmm? Well, what do you know? What's the matter, Danny? Hey, you remember that nice guy, Daly, from Little Rock, came in the station house this noon about a blackmailing redhead? Yeah? Yeah, this is him with Rita Rondell, taken against the bar at the Hi-Hat Club. Look. Yeah. Yeah, how about uh, that, huh? This must have been the dame who was trying to shake him down. And this this is the frame-up picture she meant to sock him yeah, with. Yeah, so this is the redhead. <laughs> and me, <laughs> I'm looking all over for her. Open and shut. Remember, he said he'd like to kill her? <laughs> Never can tell. He didn't look that man. Ah, well. Like I always say, share Shayla motive and you got your man. <laughs> Shall I bring him in? Hey, hold your horses, Tom. There's no evidence he had anything to do with this, but... I better drop in on him and have a little chat. And question him, huh? Yeah, yeah. Anything else turns up, let me know. And check Bobo. Right. I'll keep in touch. Ah, <laughs> uh, poor Daly. I feel sorry for him. And with a wife just arrived in town. Tom, this is going to be a heartbreaker. Especially if the little lady from Arkansas answers the door. <laughs> Mrs. Daly? Yes. Uh, is your husband in? Why, yes. He's just lying down for a bit. Who shall I say? Uh, is... Mrs. Daly, I'm Lieutenant. Well, isn't old Artie? We forgot our, our appointment, fella. Huh? Oh, darling, I want you to meet Art Smith. He was my lieutenant, third airborne. <laughs> the old dog. Imagine meeting him at the convention after all these oh, years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mr. Smith, just imagine. You two must be thrilled. I guess New York's a place one meets all be the... Be right with you, Art. I just put on my jacket. Uh, yeah. Okay, I I'll wait. Uh, how do you like the little missus, Art? Oh, just fine. <laughs> Pleased to meet you, ma'am. Uh, step on it, Pete, huh? Uh, uh, it won't, won't take a minute, Art. Why? Where are you boys off to? Oh, uh, Cookie, I forgot to tell you. I promised Art I'd have a, a cup of coffee with him. You know, catch up on the old gang. Uh... He leaves for Cincinnati in a little while. Uh, Mrs. Daly, does your husband often go to conventions alone? Oh, heavens no. This is the first time we've ever been separated in the three years we've been married. Oh, I see. Ben Cotton, his partner, was going too, so there was nothing to worry about. Besides, I know that Peter wouldn't even look at anyone else. Oh, let's go, Art. <laughs> All right, Peter. Let's go down to that coffee shop and have that little chat. <laughs> Yeah, we can talk right here in the lobby. Yeah, okay. 
That's one sweet wife, Daly. Yeah, you can say that again. You can see why I didn't want to let on you were a police officer. Yeah, yeah, I got it. Well, Lieutenant Clover, did you ask in that nightclub like you promised to find out if anyone knows that red-headed blackmailer? She hasn't sent that picture yet. You wouldn't be kidding me, mister, would you? What do you mean? When did you see her last, this, this Rita Rondell? Oh, is that her name? You found that out. Well, why, last night at that bar. You didn't go to her apartment today? At one o'clock, say? You know, son, if you're on the level with me, I'd, I'd be about the happiest guy on earth. What do you mean, Lieutenant, if I'm on the level? What's up? Rita's dead, son. Dead? Mm-hmm. We found that picture you were talking about in her apartment. What happened? Oh, there was a scuffle from the look of the place. and She fell against something in the struggle and fractured her skull. I don't Probably accidental, but there'll be a manslaughter rap for somebody. My gosh. Well, who do you suppose... Daily, right now, I don't have any idea, but my men are going over that apartment inch by inch, police routine. I I'll get a report just as soon as I call headquarters, but before I put in that call, were you or were you not in Rita Rondell's apartment? Well, no. Well, I told you before, I didn't even know where she lived. Good, good. Come on, now let's walk over here to the phone. I'll call headquarters and... If nothing else turned up, you can go back upstairs to your wife. Yeah, she'll think it's funny, my leaving her to talk with you so soon after she gets to New York. <laughs> yeah, you wait outside the booth, will you? I'll only be a minute. Clover, Sergeant, anything turn up on the Rondell Dame's place? Uh-huh. Yeah, I see you. No, you didn't. There's nothing else, huh? Out where? Oh, then he... I see. Thanks, Sergeant. Daly, where's your hat? My hat? Your hat. Well, I, I must have left it up in my room. Shall we go up and see? Well, I'm not sure. Maybe I lost it. That's right. You lost it at Rita Rondell's apartment. What are you driving at, Clover? It was found on her fire escape. Has your initials. Well, lots of people ha have initials. Okay. Then let your wife identify it. No! No, no, I'll leave my wife out of it. I'll, I'll tell you where I lost it. Come to think of it, I, I, I remember now. Yeah, yeah, at that bar last night where I met her, that's right. I, I missed it when I got back to the hotel. So, so, so either that girl or, or, or someone else picked it up and... Well, maybe that explains how... Brother, you kill me. You were wearing that hat in the station house this noon. I'm sorry, Daly. I'll have to take you to headquarters. I'm charging you with manslaughter. You're listening to Broadway's My Beat. We'll continue in just a minute, but first... Sunday nights on CBS are famous for their top comedy with Jack Benny, Amos and Andy, and the other great comedians for the splendid drama that Helen Hayes brings each week, and for the appearance of one of the greatest detectives in modern times, Sam Spade, created by Dashiell Hammett. Sam Spade's approach to crime detection has now become the pattern for many another sleuth. But none so well combines the hard-boiled view toward a fast dollar, the down-to-earth appreciation of a well-formed ankle, and the readiness with a wisecrack. A bestseller in the fiction field, Sam Spade's adventures on the air now among the top-rating mystery shows. 
You will find here tonight and every Sunday night on most of these same stations, Sam Spade, ready for rough and tumble action and a battle of wits in the best Dashiell Hammett tradition. And now back to the 16th Precinct and Detective Danny Clover. Why, this is awful. Look, Lieutenant, I'm from Daly's hometown, and I've known him for years. Why, he, he couldn't have had anything to do with this. Mr. Cotton, I, uh, yeah, I know you're Daly's friend, and I, I know how you feel. I simply phoned you, seeing as you're a friend of the family, to notify Mrs. Daly of her husband's arrest. Yes, of course. Well, she wasn't in her room when I stepped by, so I rushed down here as fast as I could. Those two are so much in love, Lieutenant, I, I, I just don't have the heart to tell her. Mm. Any luck this time, Tom? Nah, try to persuade Daly again, but no soap, Danny. See, Mr. Cotton, we, well, we offered to allow your friend a few minutes to call his wife, tell her himself about his arrest, but <laughs> he says he can't do it. Yeah, that's right, Mr. Cotton. Says it'd kill him to tell her. Why don't you tell her? Oh, she's such a sweet kid. She's going to take this awful hard. You see, in a way, I feel kind of responsible for this uh, being here with Ben. I... I just don't believe I could face her. Tom? Unless it's an order, Lieutenant. I'd rather be included out. Okay. I guess a policeman's job can include almost anything. Uh, I'll get over there right now. Oh, uh... Oh, Tom, come here a minute. Yes, Lieutenant? Yeah, Danny? You didn't find any guy anywhere named Bobo. No Bobo. No Bobo. All right, then that's that. Okay, fellas, I'm on my way. Oh, believe me, this is going to be tough. Breaking the bad news to the little lady from Arkansas. I'm coming, Peter. Peter, I... Oh, why, it's you, Mr. Smith. Where'd you two boys get lost? Where's Peter? Isn't he with you? Uh, well, uh, no... Uh, no, Mrs. Daly. Uh, uh, say, let's go inside. I, I want to talk to you. But I, I don't understand, Mr. Smith. Where is Pete? Well, the fact is, Mrs. Daly... Where, for is goodness it... sake? Well, I mean, the fact is, Mrs. Daly, I'm, I'm not... I looked uh... downstairs for you two and couldn't find you anywhere. Now you come back alone and... Do tell me, you frightened me. Has something happened to him? Mr. Smith, I thought you had to catch oh, a train. Well, now, you see, that's just what I wanted to explain, Mrs. Daly. I... Oh, I get it now. You went to a bar instead of the coffee shop, so you missed your train and he... <laughs> oh, Mr. Smith, why didn't you say so in the first place? <laughs> you had me so worried. Oh, I, no, I'm sorry, ma'am, Where is he? I, I... Is he in bad shape? Well, you he... just bring him back here, no matter what condition he's in, and I'll take care of him. Maybe some coffee would help. Do you hear me, Mr. Smith? Mr. Smith? Mrs. Daly, I'm not Mr. Smith. What? You're not... I... It was all just an act. I'm sorry. I mean, your, your husband called me that when I came in before, and, well, I played along. An but... act? What in heaven's name are you talking about? And who are you? Detective Lieutenant Danny Clover, ma'am, of the 16th Precinct. Your husband... Oh, oh now, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Here, let me help you. Hey... Perhaps, perhaps you better sit down. No, I'm all right. Please go on. Something happened to him, 
an accident or something. Is he hurt oh, badly? Oh, no, no, he isn't hurt. Oh, that's good. Uh, ma'am, uh, your husband is under arrest. Under arrest? Peter? Nonsense, what for? Well, you see, it, uh, well, it dates back to before you arrived, uh, naturally. You see, last night he got into a jam at a nightclub. A jam? I mean, that is, uh, th there was a girl at the bar next to a him. A girl? No, oh, don't get me wrong there, ma'am, in, in that respect, I assure you, but it's, it's something else that happened, and, uh, oh, now, Mrs. Daly, let me tell you the whole story he from the wouldn't. beginning. He wouldn't do anything. No, but please don't get me wrong, ma'am, I you mean... You mean he got mixed up with a girl? But he couldn't. Oh, no, no, it's not that. There was this red-headed... Red? <laughs> oh, now, wait a minute. Wait. Oh, I'm no good at this sort of thing, Mrs. Daly. Go on. Well, look, it was all a framed-up thing. Your husband came up to the station this morning and, and told us the whole thing. Your husband was blackmailed. Blackmailed? But you said he was framed. Yeah, well, as far as the red I mean the... Girl is concerned, there's nothing to it. Oh, of course, I should have known. He was framed with a picture taken at a bar, and, well, to protect you, to keep you from seeing that picture. Well, oh, he... well, a picture? What would I have cared about an old picture? What? There's nothing to it. Everything's all right. But you said Peter was arrested. Well, you see, ma'am, to keep you from seeing that picture, I figure maybe he went up to that girl's room and... Uh, there was a little fight or a struggle or something, and this girl fell. Oh, she's hurt. She's dead. Dead? She's dead? Oh, no, he didn't mean to, to uh, well, it's a charge we call manslaughter. Manslaughter? He didn't, he couldn't have killed anyone. Does he say he didn't? Yes, ma'am. He denies he was even in her apartment, but you see, there's some evidence. Then I that... believe him, and you've got to believe him, Lieutenant. My husband's never told a lie in his life. He's incapable of lying. Ask anyone in Little Rock where he's loved and respected and they'll tell you. But, Mrs. Daly, the evidence I don't shows care what that... evidence you say you've got. His word's good enough for well, me. Look, Mrs. Daly, And I'll I... tell you something else, sir. If he was guilty, he'd have told me so. In our whole married life, he's never held back one single little thing. Lieutenant, my husband didn't kill that girl. And if he says so, he was never even up in her apartment. Well, ma'am, I'm glad to hear you talk like that. I was pretty sold your husband was holding out on me, but maybe there's a chance he was telling the truth. Could be he was framed again. I'll go back and have another talk with him. I'll be praying, Lieutenant. Yeah. Yeah, Mrs. Daly. You do that. <laughs> Danny, Peter Daly's confessed. Confess? Oh, no. I just visited him again in his cell with his friend, Mr. Cotton, here. Dined if Daly no, didn't no, say... Wait, 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 wait a minute, Detective Donnelly. Peter did not confess, uh, at least not to killing that girl. He just admitted that he went up to her apartment and he saw her lying with her head in the kitchenette against a milk bottle. She was already dead. That's an old one, Danny, you know. She was already dead. Lieutenant, you've got to believe him. I'll tell you what. I think I'll have a talk with him myself. Hello, Daly. They told you, Lieutenant Clover? Yeah. Yeah, so you were holding out on me. You were in that Rondell Dane's apartment. Oh, I... I was afraid to admit. You know, you should have told me everything right from the beginning. Well, after I left here this morning, I... 
Stopped back at the hotel, and she called me again. Said she'd settled for $25. So I figured it'd be worth that much to get the thing over with. I didn't tell you about it because I... Well, I was afraid it'd get in the paper. <laughs> It'll make the papers now, all right. Go on. Well, she gave me her address. I went up there, and the door was partly open. Mm-hmm. I didn't go in, but I could see through the open door, and she was lying on the floor. When you were talking to Donnelly and your friend just now, are you you told them she was lying with her head in the kitchenette. Oh, no, I couldn't see her head. Oh, I see. Then what'd you do? Well, then I heard someone coming. I got scared, so I ran down the fire escape. Mm-hmm. Oh, please believe me, Lieutenant. Poor Joan, she, she comes to New York for once in her life, and this has to happen. Daly, how long have you known this Polly of yours? Uh, uh, what's his name? Cotton? Yeah. Oh, way back from school days. How does he get along with your wife? Oh, fine. Oh, you see, Lieutenant, he... Well, he and Joan were sort of engaged at one time. Before I met her, that is. Naturally, when Joan and I fell in love... Oh, well, so that's the way it goes, huh? Uh, did he marry someone else? No. Ben's still a bachelor. Still a bachelor, huh? What's so strange about that? Well, what do you know? Lieutenant Clover, you back again? This is the third time today. What gives? Uh, like this, like that. Hey, a couple of perfectos, lover. Did you come in here to see me, or uh, did I see you keeping an open eye on that gentleman from 305 that just got on the elevator? Hey, you know him? Shouldn't I? He smokes cigars. Uh, his name's Ben Cotton from Little Rock. I think I'll go up and have a word. Mm-hmm. Give uh, Bobo my best. You know, for an out-of-towner, the tips he hands out... Oh. Bobo, did you say? Yeah, Bobo. You know how it is at these conventions, uh. the nicknames you pick up? I've heard some good ones, but Bobo, that kills me. Everyone around here calls him that. Oh, thanks, Sally. Thanks a lot. Thanks for what? Oh, nothing, lover. I'll be seeing you. Oh, why, Lieutenant Clover. What's the matter, Mr. Cotton? You going somewhere? Uh, why, uh, what do you... I see your suitcases all packed there on the bed. Oh, uh... Uh, yes, Lieutenant. Yeah, I'm going back home. Bobo. Uh, hmm? A note on Rita Rondell's calendar. Probably expecting some guy named Bobo at one o'clock. You know any Bobo? Why, uh, well, that uh, happens to be sort of a nickname of mine. I picked it up here at the convention. Why? Well, you said you didn't even know the girl. You know the inside of Rita's apartment better than Peter did, Bobo. He didn't tell you her head was against a milk bottle. Oh, I never said... So you arranged for Rita to bump into Peter like at that nightclub. Get a picture taken with him. And then she was to send it to his wife. I'll tell you why you arranged it, too. You were in love with his wife. You wanted her to think the worst, maybe, and throw him over for you. Come on, come on, come clean, Bobo. All right, all right. I was up to that double-crossing redhead's apartment, but, but I didn't mean to kill her. Let's have the story. Well, I... I told her yesterday I'd give her $100 if she could manage to get her picture taken with him and send it to his wife. Oh. And then this Rita pulled a fast one. Asked Daly for $500 for it. Yeah, that's right. Oh. But when Peter went to the police about it, uh, I got scared. So you went up to her apartment today at 1, huh? Yes, I did. To make a call, the whole thing off. 
And she demanded from you the price she was asking from Peter, 500. That's right. And when I refused... She threatened to expose you to your friend Daly. Began to phone him at his hotel. Yes, yes, that's just the way it happened. I, I struggled with her for the phone. I gave her a push and she fell. But I, I, I swear, Lieutenant, it was an accident. Ah, so that's that. <laughs> well, okay, Lieutenant, I'm ready to go to jail. But I, I, I don't know what got into me. Trying to do something like that to my best friend. Mm, the old triangle, huh? Well, you see, I, I've been in love with Joan for a long time. Longer than Peter. But he came along and she married him and... Well, ever since, I've been hoping and waiting for a chance... Chance to break them up. Yeah, that's right. But I didn't mean to go so far. uh, Once I got into it... You got into it, all right. Yeah, I guess I've been a real number one heel, huh? Mister, that's the greatest understatement since... Ah, come on. That's us, Joan. All right, Peter. Lieutenant Clover, I... I don't know how to oh, say We'll it. never be able to thank you for all you've done. Oh, right? skip it, Arkansas. Hey, just promise me one thing, will you? What's that? Well, I mean, you've come to New York. Uh, this is the first time for both of you, isn't it? That's right. Uh, you've had a pretty rough time. You've got one impression of New York, the wrong one. Come back and give it another whirl, will you? That's a promise. <laughs> I want to see you both again, you know. So you know, Miss, I don't often meet somebody like you. Why, the faith, the the trust you have in your husband is... Oh, you see, Lieutenant. We're in love. It's getting late now. A million lights have gone out. But I'm thinking about people. On Broadway, in Arkansas, good bad. They get into trouble here like everywhere else. Only maybe here it's just a little bit easier on the gaudiest, the most violent, the lonesomest mile in the world. Broadway, my beat. Columbia has just brought you Broadway's My Beat with Anthony Ross as Detective Danny Clover. Gene Carson was Sally. John Forsyth was Tom. Today's broadcast was written by Joseph Rusko and produced and directed by John Dietz. The musical score was composed and conducted by Robert Stringer. This is Byrne Bennett speaking. In just a moment, CBS begins the presentation of its ten great Sunday evening entertainments. In order tonight, you'll hear Barbara Stanwyck starring on the Prudential Hour, followed by the unsurpassed comedy of Ozzie and Harriet, Jack Benny, and Amos and Andy in succession. Sam Spade takes over next, and then on to Lumen Abner's delightful Jot-em-Down store in Pine Ridge, Arkansas. Then from Pine Ridge to England, as the first lady of Broadway, Helen Hayes, brings you Noel Coward's famous motion picture, Brief Encounter. A solid hour and a half of laughs follow with Eve Arden as the ardent schoolmistress, our Miss Brooks, with J. Carol Nash as Luigi, 
and the little Italian immigrant with the geniuses on It Pays to Be Ignorant. They'll all be heard on most of these same CBS stations, with Jack Benny, of course, coming to you on all of them. So start your stay-tuned Sunday evening with CBS now, as Barbara Stanwyck stars on the Prudential Hour. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.